morning. So there's no pressure for me today because uh, you know somebody said to me uh, as they were passing, "Oh, you're preaching today? It better be good." I was like, "Oh, okay, good. <laughs> no pressure." But uh, all right. So as uh, Jewel had mentioned, we're going to be doing uh, an evangelism class, um, really going through kind of how we understand what we understand about evangelism and uh, reaching the lost for Christ, sharing the the good news of the gospel, and. So it's, it'll be uh, interactive. We're going to be doing some role playing. We're going to be doing some, uh, you know, just kind of good open discussion, some testimony stuff, you know, and how all that comes into play. You know, I like to, as you, a lot of you guys know me, I like to use tracts and when I, as a springboard to start a conversation. And we'll be going through that. We'll be going through other, other ways to springboard into a conversation. You know, evangelism for, with, uh, um, family members, with people you work with, with those kind of things. So over the course of time, it won't be just today. We're going to keep uh, next week and we'll keep going. We'll see how long this, this, uh, we need this to, to go for. And, um, and John Shiloh will be graciously getting us, hopefully getting, or trying to get us some tables set up at the mall so we can not get thrown out when we share the gospel, which would be different. And uh, so that'll be, that'll be good. Even though we're friendly, they still throw us out, um, but uh, but it would be really cool if and I would encourage, you know, anybody really, you know, all of us sometimes need a refresher on, you know, what Christ has done in our lives and how that's impacted us. We can get caught up in the busyness and kind of the cares of the world, you know, choking out our our action or our, you know, um, our heart, you know, and uh, so so we got to be careful with that. So it's good. You know, so I'd encourage everybody. I mean, if, we, if everybody's going to stay, we're just going to do it down here and not up there. So, but the people who aren't going to stay are going to have to get out at 1230. So, anyway. <clears throat> All right. <sighs> Thank you. I've been working on it. I've been working on it. Um, so, so, this morning, to preface the class, I originally... And uh, I had, had kind of talked to a, a few people about what I was going to be preaching about today, um, which was going to be prayer. I figure, prayer, it's easy. I'll just preach on prayer. Piece of cake. But, uh, but then uh, as I was going through that, trying to do the evangelism class, get that ready, and then get the, the message ready, I was like, you know, the, I, I feel like the Lord really kind of impressed on my heart to, you know what, why don't we do an evangelism class, not class, but, but kind of a, a, a message, you know, for the church today. And I, I want to start out that way uh, with the understanding that the majority of the people in here I know and have a relationship with Christ already. So we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but now we're made alive in Christ. So, and that's where we're at right now. So the message I want to bring is, okay, what does that mean? For us, you know, what is the good news? What really is the good news? You know, we have the good news of the gospel that Christ died on the cross, He rose again, you know, and that that um, He took our sins away. He came to take our sins away. We have that, you know. We were all, you know, sinners, and fall. We all fall short of the glory of God, you know. But a lot of us have been there. We remember that. We know that. And we said yes to the Lord. We surrendered to Him. So, I want to take it the next step. You know, 
Um, what does that mean for us as his, his body, as his saved people, as his kingdom? You know, why are we saved? What's it for? You know, so, so we'll get into that. So next time I'll talk about prayer. It'll be good. I have a whole month to work on it. Um, <clears throat> all right. So let's, uh, let's lift this up to the Lord. Oh, Lord God, I just uh, I praise you, God, for every person here, uh, every person who is sitting, hearing a message, learning how to serve you better, Lord God. I pray that you would, you would uh, really prick our hearts, Lord, that as we hear your word, we would be motivated to, to apply what we learn, to just be, become more and more the right representation of you in this world for your glory, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would, uh, you would just work through your word today and work through me, that uh, I would be out of the way and that we could all be just growing in you. So I praise you, Father. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. You are so good. Thank you for saving us, for giving us new hope, for giving us real life. And uh, so praise you, Father. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so we'll start out with a verse here. And I think this kind of sums up what we have in Christ. I mean, there are, there are so many, so many verses that we could look at. But, uh, but this one kind of stood out to me in John 10.10. It says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And we have that, right, in Christ. We have that abundant life. So... Let's talk about, first of all, let's, let's kind of get rid of some of this terminology. Let's understand what this means. So we have the term evangelism, right? And we hear that all the time, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that means to just go out and to, you know, to share Christ. But what does it really mean? You know, what is it? What is it? What does it say? And that word evangelism means good news. You know, and so there are, there are people who are called to, at least in the Scripture, we have examples of people who are called to be bringing that good news. You know, and we have Acts 21.8. It says, On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist. You know, it was an office of evangelism who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Ephesians 4.11, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And 2 Timothy 4.5, As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist. That's the same use of that word, that work, that, that office of evangelist. So if you're not called to be you know, an evangelist, then I'm just going to talk to the people who are. So yeah, we're done. We're done here. You guys can leave. Um, <clears throat> but that's wrong, right? You know, we are all called to, yeah, to bring that word, that good news, and we have that, right? We have that. We have that if we think back in our testimony who we were and who we are now. There's a, um, I don't think I wrote it down here. I think I put it on the, the papers for up, up there. Um, much to my chagrin, um, I have been convinced to watch The Chosen. And uh, <laughs> over much, you know, um, manipulation and, and, you know. But it's actually pretty good. So, uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff in there, but there's this one, this one statement, which I think is so cool. 
because it really sums up what, what we are, right, in Christ. And um, Nicodemus went to try and deliver Mary Magdalene from her demons, and he couldn't do it. Then he went back and he said, only God could deliver this person. And then he gets a report that Mary Magdalene is, she's healed, she's, the demons are gone, she's, she's changed. And he goes back with this interest, and, he's, and he talks to her, and, uh, and he's, like, he's like, well, I mean, how did, how did this happen? She's like, all I know is I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And what was in between that was Jesus. That is what we have, right? That's the beginning. That is, we were one way, and now we're completely different. That's huge, you know? And, you know, when you think of what different is, you know, you think that uh, the terminology, you know, we hear holiness, we hear sanctified. That's different. Set apart, you know? Set apart for God. We are that. We're set apart for Him. You know, to be used for His glory and to go and proclaim the good news. So, so we're all called to do this. Mark 16, 15, He says, And He said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the Gospel to the whole creation. In Matthew 28, 18-20, He says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He says, go therefore make disciples of all nations. And that's kind of where I'm thinking today. You know, we're, like I said, we were that way. Now we're completely different. So we're in the kingdom now. We're disciples of Christ. And a disciple, you know, is someone who is learning all of the things that were, that uh, it says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so that's our goal today. What is it we're commanded to do? Or what is it that, that Jesus taught? You know, so we have that command to go out. But what is it that Jesus taught? And so to really understand what's going on with the good news. 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. That's, that's all of us. You know, so hopefully I've made the case that it is not just for someone who you know, has this special calling of evangelist. We're all called to proclaim the good news. You know, that's our jobs. <clears throat> and who doesn't know this? <laughs> really, you know? And now, it's interesting, too. I don't, I, I don't know, you know, of course, everybody's testimony. But I know for me, when I got saved, I couldn't not tell people about it. Like, it was like, I didn't know anything. All I knew is, like I said, I was this way, and now I'm this way. This is what happened. You know, and it's like, like that fervor, that desire, you know, that, that uh, heart to do those things, you know, to share what we have in Christ, I think needs sometimes to be, I think we need to, to have that fire kindled up a little bit, to blown on, to, to, to build that fire in us again. Because 
if we understand what we have in Christ, if we understand the joy that we have, the, the freedom that we have, if we truly think through those things, man, that should motivate us. That should motivate us to, to reach out. If we understand that if we love God, you know, we do it because we love God. He first loved us. We do it because we love others. You know, like that's motivation. I'm jumping way ahead now, so you'll probably hear this again. Because um, I'll eventually come back to my notes. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, let's start with this, alright? So, what is this thing that we're suppro- supposed to pr- proclaim, right? Um, so, Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So, like I said, the first thing is that power unto salvation for all those who believe. That is the message we're bringing to the world. That's the crux of it. That's what we're bringing. 1 Corinthians 1-4 through Now brothers, I want to remind you of the Gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand firm. By this Gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the Word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. So that's the crux, the foundation of the good news. The power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. That's what we have. What are we doing with it? What do we do with that? What does that mean for us who are in Him now? What does that mean? Because it didn't stop there. You know, this is a living, active thing. This is a work that goes on. This is the Holy Spirit working in us to produce good fruit to produce good works. That's what is going on. Like We're alive. So we need to know what all this means. And this, you know, this is not a, a, a completely comprehensive you know, breakdown, but there's way too much Scripture. We'd be here for a long time. But let's break it down a little bit. So what is this good news? That Jesus is the Messiah. And we hear that term, right? Messiah. And we're like, you know, and it can be kind of one of those Christian words that maybe we just haven't thought of, you know, maybe we have. I mean, you're coming to this church for a long time. You know what Messiah means. Steve's wonderful, fantastic (laughs) preacher. Um, But let's look at that. Acts 5.42, And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Messiah means Christ, the anointed one. And that, that's important to understand what that signifies. In the Old Testament, we have a lot of reference to anointing. You know, um, we see in the Jewish culture that this was a rite. It was a symbol of authority or honor. Kings were anointed. Priests, mainly the high priests, were anointed. Some prophets were anointed. It was an oil that was poured on them. To, to signify this, that they now have this authority, or that, that the Lord has given them this authority, or this position. And it's a symbol of holiness. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And we see that in, the, in the Luke 4.18-20. through 20. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus, for the Jews at the time, he was the, he really, I mean, for, I guess for all time, um, Jesus is, he was the coming Messiah. He is what they're looking for. It's what they were looking for. They didn't realize it. He fulfilled all of the prophecies about him, about this coming Messiah, the anointed one, um, the one sent from heaven to be the physical representation of the Father. Like he fulfilled all these things. And John the Baptist understood the signs, you know. He said in Matthew eleven five, he's like, well, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed. John's like, all right, he's here. When is, when's he going to take over? You know, and, and that unfortunately was, was the thought of the Jewish people at the time. But this anointing means that Jesus was supremely empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish all of God's divine plan. That's what that means. He was completely empowered to accomplish all of God's divine plan. He was the culmination of everything the Jews were looking for. But they missed it. Not all of them, but most of them. So we can hear that term and be like, you know, not understand it. I think it's good for us to understand what that means. In Romans 9 through 9, 3 through 5. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. They're Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. But they missed it. You know, they had everything, but they missed it. Um, so he's the Messiah. He's the one that the world was waiting for. Jesus is the Redeemer. And this, like, this is so awesome to think about this. That He purchased our freedom from the power of the law and corruption. That He's our Savior. Galatians 4, uh, 5. But when the uh, 4 through... Galatians? I put the wrong verse down, but it's in Galatians. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that they might receive adoption as sons. We've been received as children of God. We talked about this. You know, we talked about this a while ago. What it means to be children of God. So, the foundation, that starting point, is that we were, our sins were taken away. Now we become the children of God. So that's what we are. That's a big deal. He bought us back. He paid the debt that we couldn't pay so that we could have peace with Him. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you were bought with a price. What do we do with that? So we were bought with a price. What does that mean? What's our next step? So glorify God in your bodies. That's our job. Remembering we were bought with a price. We don't want to forget these things. You know, I think back like... Um, I, I can't, I can't uh, pull out any Scripture for this in the Old Testament, but there are references to removing old like, like boundary stones and things like that. You know, um, what's that? Like the ancient landmarks. Yeah, ancient landmarks and stuff like that. And for me, what that says to me, like that's, that's applicable for us. Don't forget those things that happened where the Lord moved, where the Lord touched us, where the Lord, and not just in our, in that time when we, 
when we received His Spirit. Not that time when we became His, but all the times throughout our lives where we see Him working. Don't forget those times. Because this is what we have because of the good news. This is the good news. This is part of the good news. The price was His suffering, His scourging, His rejection, even by friends. Bearing the sins of the world on Himself and dying on a cross. It's not up to us, right? Everybody, hopefully, has that because Steve's a good preacher. That it's not up to us. That we don't do anything for this. It's not our good works that impress God. But He's chosen to give us that. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. So we have been received as His children. We become the righteousness of God. What does that mean? What does it mean to become the righteousness of God? And this is, hopefully I will not not uh, mess this up, but this is how I see that. We become the representation of Christ. We become His righteousness. We're the example of what He has done because of His righteousness. Our lives are that. They are that example. We are Christ's righteousness. We're His representation on this earth. That's what that is. This is, it's so huge, it's so cool, it's awesome. Jesus is our mediator. 1 Timothy 2, 5-6, through For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. He had breached the chasm between us and God. He tore the veil which prevented us from entering into, the, into God's presence. He made the way to peace with God. We are on our way to hell. Right? Christ died for us. But there's more to it than that. Than that He's our mediator. He understands our weakness. Hebrews 4, 14-16 Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is not who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have a mediator because of the work Christ did. Because of that, that, that foundation of what Christ did for, our, um, for us and bringing us salvation. And we have a mediator who understands. That intercedes for us. Yeah, and it says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. It's like, like we have this open door to the Father. It's open to us. This is so amazing. It's so much... And I, I, I struggle to say this statement. But it's more than just our sins were forgiven. You, you know? I guess that doesn't sound that bad. The way I was thinking it, it sounded worse. <laughs> that it's not just that Jesus died on... No, no, that's what it is. You know, 
that Jesus died on the cross, but it's more than just our sins are forgiven. That's a better way to say it. We have so much more because of what we have in Christ, because of that work that He did. And Jesus, uh, and, and Jesus doesn't take all our problems away, right? You know, we, I think we, we pretty much understand that if we've been walking in Christ for a while. He doesn't take all our problems away, but He helps us to know where to go with our problems. It helps us to deal with our problems. And uh, so, if you're anxious, where do you go? Seek the Lord. Are you struggling? Whether it's in whatever way, we have a mediator who cares about these things. Wherever and whatever you're going through, the real true answer is to seek Him. Seek Him in prayer and seek Him in His Word. That's where it's at. We have that open door with Him. And hear Him, too, because sometimes He says, you know, listen, stop just being a lazy bum. Get off your butt. You, you know, that might be what He tells you. <laughs> That's what He tells me. Um, so, but, but there's a reality to that. But we can enter in and hear from Him. Number four, Jesus is our deliverer. Hebrews 2, 14-16, Since therefore... The children share in flesh and blood. He himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. He's delivered us from the fear of death. He's delivered us from the power that the devil had over us. We're not there anymore. He's our all in all. He is everything we need for life and godliness. He is truth. He is love. And He is our purpose. And He is our meaning. He is our King. This is the good news. This is good news for us. Um, I was reading a book I'm not going to remember the name of it, but I remember the author, <clears throat> Viktor Frankl, who uh, had been in actually, I believe, two Nazi uh, camps and had written a book when he, had, he actually was rescued out of there. Uh, he said, whoever has a, and I think I mentioned this in the past, but I'll say it again, whoever has a why to live can bear any how. And I think that we have the best why. We have the why. You know, it doesn't say that in the Bible, but you know, but if we do, we have the reason, we have the purpose, we have it if we're in Christ. So we can bear any how and we can bear any what because we can come to Him because He cares and He lives in us. The Spirit lives in us, intercedes for us. Like, oh, this is so good. So. So we have the why. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's our Savior. But are we proclaiming this? Are we bringing the message to the people out there? You know, when you think about what Jesus, how He sent the, the uh, disciples out, and again, it's, it's interesting to be able to watch um, stuff. Like, you know, when you watch a presentation, whether it's The Chosen or whether it's a... Um, you know, the, the Gospel of John that we did in men's Bible study. You know, this just this, this when it's acted out, 
it just, I don't know, some things just come to life and become a little more well understood. And you know, it's like these people who he sent out, they were just out there going, hey, did you hear about the Messiah? You know, it's like they're just, they're excited about it. They're going out. Now, I wouldn't suggest that we just go out and say, hey, did you hear about the Messiah? You know, I don't know where that would go. Probably wouldn't go very far. <laughs> Maybe in some circles it would work, but most likely not. Somebody whistle. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so, as I mentioned before, are we proclaiming it? If we're not, why should we be? What should our be, be our motivation for that? For proclaiming it? Because we love God, right? She says, if we love Him, keep my... If he, says, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Just go do it. Go, make disciples, teaching them all the things I have taught you. Mark 8.35, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. So I want to go through a few things. Again, this isn't completely comprehensive. But what prevents us from presenting this good news? You know, like I said, when, and probably a lot of you guys, you know, when you're first saved, it's like you couldn't stop me from telling people. You know, all my, fr- my friends left me. <laughs> I remember having two friends over, and, you know, and uh, I think it was like after a Bible study that you came over to the house the one time. I was like just saved. I'm like, guys, you got to come over. It was like a setup, you know? I set them up. Because I was like, as soon as they come in, I'm just going to like, and I just let them have it, you know? And, uh, and I didn't know anything, but I just let them have it anyway. And, uh, but I think that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You know, the Lord has done such great work in our lives. But we'll touch on some of the things, and I'm sure there are other things. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, think the, I think fear is a big deal. You know, but there's a lot to that. You know, you have a bunch of different fear. You know, you have fear of man. You know, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Think about that. That's so interesting. You know, think about what a snare does. You know, you get in a snare, you're done. You can't move. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. It stops you from doing what you should be doing. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. You know, we need to trust the Lord and not... Give in to the fear. Fear of man. You know, what can man do to me, really? Um, And then the fear of failure. Uh, And this is, I think, when we'll we'll touch on all this stuff up there. But the there is a fear of like, well, you know, I didn't see people come to Christ. I didn't they didn't they didn't pray the this prayer, you know, quotes, this prayer. That, that led them to Christ. And we can get discouraged by that and think, well, that's a failure on my part. Somehow I failed. But Matthew 25, 21, um, I think this is, this is helpful. Um, the master was full of praise and he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. He calls us to be faithful. We can't change people's lives. We can't 
We can't take their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. We can't, we can't bring the Spirit to, to them. We can't do that. That's God. But we can proclaim the good news. That's our job, is to proclaim it. And we can fear rejection. You know, we can fear confrontation. Well, what if they say this? You know, kind of thing. They're going to think bad about me or whatever. And then the big one, I think, is a big deal about this, is uh, public speaking. You know? We just fear public speaking. If you're getting in front of somebody and saying something that they may not agree with, or, you know, uh, they might, might get upset or whatever, but didn't stop Moses, right? In Exodus, <laughs> God's like, you know, he's like, ah, I'm not that good at this, you know? <clears throat> but he went and did it anyway. Look what happened. So, and we can have a wrong understanding of our purpose. You know, God will, and this is something that, and this is, you know, we, we I have this small group of us that talks about these things. Um, <clears throat> we can have this idea that, well, why should I go out and share the gospel anyway if God's just going to save whoever he's going to save? It's a wrong understanding. You know, 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. And Romans 10.14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? It's our job as the church to proclaim the good news. That's our job. Then we don't have to get into all of the soteriology of the whole thing. You know, all of the study of how this works and how that works. Just proclaim the good news. Let God do that work. And you can get into that stuff. I mean, I, I like it, but it shouldn't stop us from doing what we're called to do. And we might say, well, you know, we touched on this already. I don't have the gift of evangelism. Um, and then I think we can be apathetic. And I think what, what helps us with our apathy is that we forget where we came from, like I mentioned before. We forget what the Lord has done in our lives. And we can just get along with our busy day and our busy lives and just overlook the reality of what we're called to do. Um, and maybe we don't know what to say. And maybe we just don't have a relationship with Him. It's possible. You know? And I would encourage, and we'll do this up there, but um, we're going to do some testimony stuff. I think that's going to help really nail down some details. You know, where we're at with the Lord. Um, <clears throat> we forget who we were without Jesus. So it, it's good for us to take time to remember. Another thing that I think is so important for us is for us to be around other believers. To be in fellowship. Because that's where we see the Lord working in people's lives. When we forget about what He did in our life, we can see what He's doing in someone else's life. You know? Like, that's good. This whole idea of us being separated. And you know, I know it's kind of old news now, sort of. But if you're watching this at home, please come to church. <laughs> it's so good. Don't be afraid. Come here and 
and grow together. Like there's a reason for this that we meet together. And we can get too comfortable, you know, with our 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 uh, daily lives. And I would I would say, and this is something that that uh, kind of speaks to me. If you heard his voice, and if his words that you heard had pierced you and revealed to you who you were, then you are his. If you heard his voice and it moved you, then you're his. That's the reality of the Holy Spirit's work. You hear it. It's like, man, I need this. Ah. So, what is it that he called us for? Do I have to say it again? I say it every time. To bear fruit. (laughs) He called us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Um, And he called us to bear witness. And uh, I have for people, we'll we'll have it up there probably, um, this, uh, the Romans Road. You know, you want to bear witness. This is your basic kind of path, really. You know, we're all dead without Christ. And everybody needs Him because we're all sinners. And if you believe, then you're saved. So, the other thing is with our witness, it's not just speaking, right? Our witness is to show the world what He is like as our Father. You know, I talked a while back about DNA, right? You know, that we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have God living in us. We have His DNA living in us. Are we representing His traits? You know, I didn't know my dad growing up. 26 years, I didn't know him. I met him. He didn't even know I existed. And uh, so we got in contact. And you can't believe the stuff that we have in common. Like personality things and stuff. We didn't, I didn't know him, but I took on his traits. Well, we have God. Are we taking on his traits? Are we exhibiting those things to the world? Are we showing the good news by bearing witness of what life is in him? We can do that. We all got a lot of stuff to deal with. I get it. And we got stuff that you know, I'm not saying that this is easy. I'm not saying that, you know, um, that he t- like I said, he, he doesn't take away all your problems. But man, we have a God who cares about those things and wants to change us to be like Him. And that is a witness to the world. Because we can preach it, and we can say it, but we got to live it. And we got to know what it, this good news is for us. This is all good news. So we have true peace. We have freedom. We have life. We have hope. We have certainty. The world out there has no certainty. They have, I mean, talk about confusion. It's full of confusion. We shouldn't be there. God is not the author of confusion. We can be certain in Him. He is true. All the issues of life have a purpose in Him. Everything has a purpose in Him. Romans 13, 14. I think this is is so good. 
but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look like Him. It's good. Don't laugh at me. I see that. <laughs> All right, you can laugh at me. But don't do it now. I'm trying to preach. <clears throat> All right. Again, we have God's DNA. What does that look like? Are we look like our Father? Are we representing our Father by exhibiting His traits? We are the representatives of God's supremacy, His authority, His victory, His power, His grace, His mercy, through the transformation of the old dead man into the new creation. We were that way, and now we're totally different. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Everything's new. Man, this is good news. Matthew 5.13, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall, it be, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. We are the salt of the earth. John 15.8, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That's, that's our witness. So, how do we get this stuff right? I think it starts really with examining ourselves to see if we're in the faith. I think that's a good start, you know. And if you're not, then you got to get that right. And if you are, then to draw near to Him. You know, get to know our Father. Spend time with Him. See Him for who He really is. See Him as the Deliverer. See Him as the one who who uh, cares and, and has suffered through um, being human and knows the story. Seek Him. Spend time with Him. Read about Him. Learn about Him. Just know who our Father is. Have no facade, no hiding. You know, you can't go anywhere anyway. God knows every thought you have. You know, just be real with Him. You spend time in His Word studying it, ruminating, you know, Chewing it, swallowing it, sounds gross, but do it anyway. Um, swallow it, bring it back up, think about it, do it again. You know, it's a weird image, isn't it? Um, meditating on it, prayerfully meditating on God's Word. Learn who our Father is. And then ultimately, really, it's surrendering to that Word that you hear. You know, surrendering to His His authority, His will. Um, so we got to take a back seat. We need to know Him, who He is, and what He's done. Um, and then we go out, proclaim. Proclaim this good news. You know, <clears throat> that there are none, this is the bad news, see? We had the bad news, now we got the good news. But we got to bring the bad news to the people who don't have the good news yet. So, because they got to know the bad news too. So that none are righteous, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the good news. But they got to hear the bad news. We'll touch on that in the class up there, how important that is. Because um, if you don't know the bad news, how you, you know, why, why would the good news be good? 
Um, <clears throat> so Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I'm on the last page. I'm almost done, Joel. <laughs> so this is, you know, this is where the world is without Jesus, but this is where we are with Jesus. And we, we have that. We have the responsibility to proclaim this news to the world, to everybody around us. And then let God do what He's going to do. You know, we... and doesn't say anything about, uh, bad about learning and being as good as we can about it. Matter of fact, the Scripture says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do it unto the Lord. It's like, do it unto His, um, His glory. So we should get good at it as best that we can. So, uh, yeah. So that's the good news. So anybody who's interested, 1230, this is good. You'll have a little bit of time to hang out. And, uh, and then we can go up there and to, you know, we'll start out. It's going to kind of just be a, you know, kind of see who shows up. And I have some things printed up and we'll go through some stuff. I have a plan, but uh, definitely a willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work up there. So anyway, all right, well, let's lift this up. Almighty God, I just thank you so much for your, you, your grace. Thank you so much for drawing all of us to you, Lord, for pricking our hearts with the word that we would cry out to you and receive this excellent, most excellent gift of salvation and all that comes along with it. All this good news that we have because of you. I praise you, Almighty God. I thank you so much. And I pray that you would please bless uh, bless this body and help us to be bold to do the work that you call us to. And I uh, pray your blessing on the meeting today and that it would go well and that we could just be, you just be fruitful and all that you want us to be, Lord. So I just praise you, Father. I thank you and lift this up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.